Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. We have a special guest with us today, my friend, Brianna Wilkerson. Uh, She's the founder of Made Well, a holistic health coaching practice designed to empower women to truly be healthy and thrive in all areas of their lives. She's a holistic health and life coach who empowers women to overcome yo-yo dieting, honor their bodies, and get a healthy body they love and are proud of. Brianna is also an essential oils advocate for doTERRA and is passionate about seeing women use essential oils as a non-toxic solution for their health and those they love. Brianna also works full-time as the managing director of the Underground Network, a network for missionaries who feel called to love Jesus, love one another, and lay down their lives to partner with God in his mission in the world. She currently lives in Tampa, Florida with her husband, Tommy Wilkerson. Brianna, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. So I'm super excited for you to tell us what essential oils are good for pain relief. Yeah, so I think a lot of the essential oils that uh, that I'm familiar with, especially with doTERRA, that's the brand I use. There's many other ones out there. Uh, actually, a lot of them have what we call anti-inflammatory properties or just really helping with that pain relief, you know, the inflammation that happens. Um, wintergreen is one of those. It's one of the most common ones because uh, wintergreen actually contains its chemical constituent is called uh, methyl salicylic acid, which you will find in a lot of stuff like ibuprofen or other pain relievers. So wintergreen and birch actually are the two only essential oils to have that naturally reoccurring um, methyl salicylic acid. But because of that, they're super powerful. So we always recommend people use them in a in a certain way, in a certain amount. Other ones like ginger, actually, mm-hmm. uh, ginger as, as a whole, right? But ginger essential oil is really great for that. Frankincense. Uh, let's see what else. Lavender. We have peppermint, uh, marjoram, and uh, actually basil which is a very interesting one, but basil is really great for your joints and just pain relief as well, as well as rosemary, Roman chamomile. And it can actually go on and on and on, but those are kind of some of my favorites when it comes to pain relief. Awesome. So how do you use it exactly? Do you mix all of them together? Yeah. So some essential oils are actually, you know, some companies actually create their own blends for specific things. So there's actually a blend uh, called Deep Blue that I, uh, I love. It's called the soothing blend that is for pain relief. And it mixes like wintergreen, I think camphor, um, and a couple other oils together that are known to help with, uh, with pain relief. But if you ever, you know, what I used to do before even the blends, I kind of like looked up in my little oil book saying, which one's good for pain relief or which one's good for this. And I would blend them together. And there's no like correct ratio when you're first starting. I would just say always caution towards using uh, less to begin with. So one drop of each, maybe then you add a couple more drops. And so a couple ways to do that, especially if you're having pain issues, it, topically where you're having pain is very, like, that's what, that's what you want to do. So I always recommend people dilute the oils, not that dilution actually just to break the myth around it actually is even better than just sometimes putting the oil straight on because oils are volatile. So they'll kind of like go into the air and you know, when you put stuff on your skin, it might not stick. But when you put a, a base, like a coconut oil or 
jojoba oil or whatever, it actually penetrates your skin easier and longer because it's actually on your skin and goes through. So I say, you know, you can blend a couple of those oils that I mentioned that are great for pain relief together. Um, it puts directly on your skin, but if you know you're going to regularly use it, you could either just create your own roller bottle or create your own little lotion that it's just like ready for you. So you don't have to keep putting a couple drops in coconut oil together. So topically for pain relief, I would probably recommend first. Mm-hmm. So like if you only had one or two of them, would it still be effective? Oh, definitely. And I would, so what I would tell people too, is like, you don't need all the five or six. Like when I first started, I had these 10 basic ones. And what I did is just use those and use, that's really, that's all you need. And so what I would do is kind of look at which oils, whether it's for pain relief or anything else that is recommended first, usually it's recommended in a certain order, meaning so like wintergreen has the highest concentrate of that methylsosalic acid, that and birch. So if you have that one, use that one first and that sort of thing. But if you don't have another one, definitely still use whichever one you have that's good for pain relief and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what kind of recipe do you recommend? Because you, you mentioned lotion. Mm-hmm. How exactly would you put that together? Yeah. So I think there's different dilution requirements and people can always reach out to me depending if they want to learn. But I typically do four ounces, every four ounces of whatever lotion carrier you have, whether it's oil, whether it's, you know, um, a hard, you know, white base, I would say four ounces to two or three drops of essential oil because essentials are super strong. And so you actually don't, I would not recommend using a lot. So Take four ounces of whatever oil you have and then add two or three of whatever drops of the, whichever oil you have around. Hmm. That's pretty simple, pretty easy. It's super simple that it's, it's almost too simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you actually, you sell doTERRA um, mm-hmm. essential oils. Does, is there like a, a pack of these that come together for pain relief? Specific? Yeah. So there are, uh, that's a really great question. So doTERRA has a lot of different starter kits that are, catered towards, you know, family essentials kit, maybe, which is just like all around health and stuff. But there is an athlete's kit that I think has deep blue, which was that blend I was talking about peppermint, Mm -hmm. which is just great for uh, energy and revitalization and cooling down, actually orange, another motivation one. And I forget the fourth one, I think it might be Melaleuca, which is great for like, spraying your gym bag or something like that. But so some of those, like that, there's kits like that. That's probably the one I would recommend. But there's also other kits with some of the other oils that I mentioned, like frankincense is like one of the best oils for pain relief, actually, and for yourself. Hmm. Uh, that would, you know, come pre-done. But you can always, whether it's with doTERRA or someone else, you can kind of customize your own order, right? So if you just got your own account or whatever, you can say, I want this oil, this oil, this oil. So mm-hmm. it's not like you have to have, get a kit in order to get the oils you want. Okay. Uh, so, so for the pain relief, the best thing is to put it on topically. Yeah, I, I would say so depending on what oil it is. So like, let's say wintergreen, birch, some of those ones I mentioned, mm-hmm. you, do, you shouldn't ingest those. And the reason why is because, because they have such a high concentrate of that particular chemical constituent, it's just not meant to go down eternal, internally. There are some other oils that actually maybe some people would recommend Mm-hmm. internally when you have pain relief, like frankincense or copaiba is another great one. Um, peppermint you can take internally. What I would do, at least with doTERRA, so you have to check whichever company you're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the bottle and usually for doTERRA, there's supplement facts. You can actually take 
take the oil internally, like saying, if they, hey, yeah, you can ingest these. And so internally or topically is, you know, but I would say start topically. So it's, it's pretty clear on the bottle. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Most bottles. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So at least for doTERRA. I'm not sure about other companies, but yeah, it should be clear. I think they've regulated that. Like you need to say whether or not um, yeah. you could take these. So, which is good. I've yeah. had a situation. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. that's good that they actually put that on the bottle. Yeah. So like what happens, I'm just thinking like, um, maybe there's some other essential oils that are good for things like headaches and stuff like that. But yes. these oils, oils in particular, like, could you diffuse them and also get pain relief? Yes. Yeah. So, so stuff like that. So I think if we're talking about like muscle or joints and stuff like that, it is probably better to put it topically, mm-hmm. but I would definitely say anything in regards to your brain or tension you may feel in your mind, such as headaches, diffusing it in the air, the aromatic benefits are amazing. Uh, and so peppermint is also a really great one for any sort of pain or tension in your temples or in general. Mm-hmm. Um, wintergreen is actually a great one for that too. doTERRA has a blend called past tense uh, that has wintergreen, has peppermint, all of those oils that are really great for that migraine relief. Lavender is actually really great for headaches and migraines as well. Mm-hmm. So you're right. So definitely diffusing that for that sort of tension. But when it does come to like bodily, like calf or joint or wrists, I would say apply it topically or internally now. And are these things um, safe for around dogs? Yeah. So that's uh, so that's a question that a lot of people have. Can essential oils be used on animals? So yes. And so I would definitely say the first thing is is always making sure you're having a high therapeutic grade essential oil. And you so you just got to do your research of which company that is because the issue that happens whether it's with dogs or with you know different um, demographics such as kids or people who are pregnant it's it's sometimes the quality because the quality of the oil is, uh, has been contaminated by something synthetic. Mm-hmm. And so with dogs, uh, with in particular, there have been studies that show ones like lavender, such as diffusing it around the house, or um, maybe you pet, you know, you have some on your hand and you pet your dog has shown a lot of benefits for, for, for dogs. Now with cats, cats are just because cats are one smaller body animals, but also they don't have a enzyme, a liver enzyme that helps them metabolize high quantities of essential oil mm-hmm. for, for cats. It's the benefits would be more so diffusing it. You wouldn't want to necessarily put it on your cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could still diffuse it. Um, there are certain oils you want to be more careful with that are more stronger. And, mm-hmm. and so, but yeah, a, a lot of people use them with their pets and just see, have seen a lot of great results, but it's just kind of knowing which oil to use and with depending on the pet, what, how to do it for that pet. So I'm assuming like if someone um, wanted to use some of these oils and they used it topically mm-hmm. and the cat licked it, for example, right? Um, would that be? Yes. Yeah. So I would say for the cat for in particular, um, whether it's a cat or a dog, if it's not one that they should be ingesting internally, I wouldn't mm-hmm. put it on them topically. I would just diffuse it to kind of give them some sort of benefit. And that's the same thing with babies or with any other demographic that may accidentally put oils in their, in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that just if there is a particular oil that, you know, should it be around the animal, try to diffuse it versus topically. Yeah. And I'm thinking like of all the different ways I could mm-hmm. use these essential oils. I know back in the day, my mom, like if she felt um, pain, mm-hmm. she would take an Epsom salt bath. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you like these oils, you can add them to the bath water, right? Yeah, definitely. So 
that's, I do that whenever I actually take a bath, I do that. So Epsom salt, obviously because of, yeah, the magnesium sulfate's really good, Mm -hmm. but I will add ones like lavender, uh, melaleuca, tea tree oil. Tea tree oil is a very good detoxing oil too. Um, Deep blue. So the ones that I talked about that are great for pain relief. There's another blend called Aroma Touch, which is the massage blend that I often add in as well. And that has like basil or marjoram and I think cypress that are really great for that mm-hmm. um, relieving of that tension. So I even, I've even added oregano only a little bit because oregano is quite strong for a detoxing bath. So yeah, there's you could definitely add these essential oils to your bath. I recommend it actually. It's a great yeah. way to get it soaked in. Mm-hmm. Even the original like group of um, essential oils you mentioned that are good for pain relief, it sounded like they smell really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. blended them. So are these things like, can you put them in your hair? Obviously you're not going to get pain really f- from doing that, but you know, yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the thing about hair. So I use essential oils on my hair all the time, but I'm using it mainly for like, a, you know, moisturizing health nutrition point of view. Now, if you're like doing it for pain, I mean, of course you can, any of the oils you put topically, you can put on your scalp because that's really what it is like putting it on your scalp and allowing that to penetrate. So I would just always dilute if you're using like stronger oils, like say if you're having some serious headaches or tension that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. you just want to like pour something over your head, right? It's just like so bad. I would actually recommend, um, depending on the oil, like peppermint or wintergreen are very minty. So they're very high, have like menthol content that very tingly. So mm-hmm. You don't want to accidentally drip that in your eyes, right? So I would recommend diluting it if you're trying to put it on your scalp for tension relief. Now for your hair, just like for the health of your hair, yeah, definitely go put that all the way through whenever you're doing your routine. I typically put it in a lotion or a conditioner or um, a coconut oil when I put on after I wash my hair, that sort of stuff. The, the essential oil is kind of mixed and blended in it. So it's not just like a blob of essential oil. So yeah. Okay. So how do you do that then for the hair? Like what are your ratios with, um, yeah, essential oils? I would say the same thing. It would try, you know, just try for four ounces to, um, one or two or three drops, depending on what the essential oil is and what you're using it for and how kind of chronic it is. So say things like if you're just doing it for overall health, you might need less. Now, let's say if you have lice or dandruff mm-hmm. or some sort of like scalp condition, you might, um, use more, um, of the, the carrier base as well as more of the oil because you're trying to really kind of get get rid of that situation. So always start with just say four ounces of whatever the the base uh, is and one or two drops of oil. And for the bases, mm-hmm. coconut oil is one. Yeah, and I mean, and- I any other like thing that you put in your hair, you know. So you know, I know women, especially when you've got natural all these things. There's all these different types, right? There's. Um, yeah, there's coconut. You can, a lot of people sometimes use olives and some people use jojoba. I don't know. You know, you can just go on and on and on, but any oil or base you wouldn't typically use in your hair, mm-hmm. um, but just making sure that that's not also having synthetic stuff in it. Cause that's the thing is that a lot of this hair stuff may have an essential fragrance, but it has some other additives, which can actually cause irritants for certain people. So um, I would always just start with the pure oil or lotion or butter, body butter type base. And then add the oil. Super cool. Mm-hmm. What's what does uh, wintergreen like? No one really ever talks about wintergreen essential oil. Mm-hmm. What does that smell like? It's actually very sweet and minty. Like I actually mm-hmm. love the guys. I was like kind of thinking about this. I was just like sitting there with my wintergreen essential oil, just smelling it and smelling it. 
it's a very, the pure wintergreen is a very sweet, minty, actually like very welcoming Mm -hmm. um, uh, fragrance. Yeah. So you can diffuse it too. So that was a question like, can you diffuse it wintergreen? Definitely for like those tension stuff too. You can mix it with other ones. Like um, sometimes you can mix it with lavender even, or the peppermint or the uh, Siberian fur is another great one to mix it with. So it's a great wow. one to smell. Siberian yeah. fur. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It smells like a Christmas smell tree. Like? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the furs, Douglas fur, Siberian fur. It, it, it's very like refreshing, but also around Christmas is when you'll see a lot of people in the oil family. Interesting. It. Yeah. Because when you said Siberian fur, I automatically was thinking about Mr. and Mrs. Claus at yep, the North yep. Pole. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those ones. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in like getting these essential oils and playing around and making lotions and salves for their joints and things like what, what should they do? How should they contact you? Yeah. So there's two ways. If you're like, I realize sometimes a lot of people like to with oils in particular, want to learn a little bit more as they, before they go. So I have a whole free essential oil class and resource library that you can access. You can just go to madewell345.com and I'll send Samantha the link. So madewell345.com slash essential oils resource library. But if you're like ready to actually talk and maybe you want to get started, I do a complimentary consultation with people so that we can actually talk through what their needs are and match the right oils. Cause I hate, like, I just would hate for anyone to buy a bunch of stuff that they don't need and don't use. Like mm-hmm. it's not good to anybody. So uh, you can go to madewell345.com slash essential oils consultation to like fill out the application and then we'll figure out a time to chat. So awesome. And I I actually went to a workshop um, by this that was hosted by this herbalist, this local herbalist here in LA. And we made a massage oil from scratch. And oh, yeah. it's very faint um, compared because she used... Um, um, like the actual leaves mm. of where the essential oils would come from. So you're using the, like the freshest source yeah. and it's less. So the smell is, is faint. It's not mm-hmm. as strong as these essential oils. And she mentioned um, like the issue with uh, um, the popular, the popularization of essential oils and how the fragrance fragrance industry has got us into this um this uh practice of being really into these hyper smells right so it has to be really really strong for us to even enjoy the thing Mm -hmm. and um how that's in affecting the environment so i don't Mm -hmm. know if you could um, cause I know in the essential oil community, people talk about this a lot, like kind of using the oils with, um, intentionality and not mm-hmm. like wasting them because of sure. all the pounds of leaves that go into making them. So maybe you can speak on that for like yeah. a couple minutes for people who are kind of new to the essential oil, um, life. Yeah. So, I mean, so when it comes to making essential oils, they're kind of um, extracted in different ways. Some are crushed, some are distilled, some are like, um, you know, solved out. And so, I mean, for rose, like rose essential oil is one of the, you know, most expensive, but because it takes about either eight, eight or 8,000 to 14,000 petals, one of those to make like a five milliliter, which is only 90 drops. It's because of how literally the oil is like in the whole flower, right? Versus mm-hmm. something that's easy, citrus, it's easy to get out of. But because of that, it's really extremely potent. I think 
oils are essential oils, one drop of at least doTERRA is like 50 to 70 times stronger than the herb because they're just extracting. Like if you take a peppermint leaf, you look really close down, there are little oil sacs. So that's why when you cut herbs, the smell comes out. You're actually releasing the oil sac as uh, the oil scent. And so essential oil companies are just taking the oil. So it's way more potent. So that's why I'm like, when you start, even if you don't smell it, you got to just trust that it's working. Because I would have a lot of people come to me and they would come to my house maybe and they say, we smell your oil so much more. I'm like, maybe because I actually did put a little bit more because I'd use diffusing it longer. Mm -hmm. But what I try to tell people, regardless of if you can smell it or not, just know that it's there and it's doing whatever you're asking it to do if you're applying it right, right? So it's not always about the smell, but also if you want to smell it more, put some more drops, but just make sure it's, you know, diluted right. But you're right. The fragrance industry has tricked us into thinking like they've added so much. Yeah, they've added essential oils for sure, but they've added other things too. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just amplifies the scent even more, right? So we are, we are attracted. Uh, we are emotionally and just like physically, we are attracted to what we smell. There's, it hits our limbic system in our brain and it shifts our emotions. And it makes us feel good or makes us feel bad. And so when people smell like oregano, some people love it, but some people are like, uh, repelled by it mm-hmm. because it reminds them of something or it hits their emotions. So know that what you do smell does impact you. Uh, but just be careful as you're saying, like the, to not be attracted to things that are had tons of additives or chemicals or toxins added to it. Um, and maybe has a little bit of essential oils. So yeah, one of the questions I get a lot in my group too is, um, if if you can use too much essential oil. So like in the in the case of like these cells for pain relief, let's say mm-hmm. you start with one drop mm-hmm. um, and you put it on or you even use four drops or whatever, does using it every day or three times a day, does it even matter? Yes, that's a great question. So the main thing I think you want to be concerned of is internally doing a little too much. Because mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's like, at least with doTERRA, it's about 20 to 30 drops internally is kind of like the max. And that's actually very hard to get. Like, because if you put one drop of water, like lemon in your water, you'll taste it. It's it's there. You don't want to add any more than that. Right. But uh, same thing with peppermint. But yeah, so I think with your, it's when I first started using essential oils, it was for pain relief. That is the reason why I did it. I had heard about them tons of times before, but I had tendonitis in my wrist and it was bad and I was losing hope. And so I, got the deep blue or rub or deep blue oil. And I would use it twice a day because what I would use a little bit twice a day, because I actually think smaller dosages more frequently is very important when you have like this, like very acute pain that is very localized and very strong. Uh, And even, you know, chronically over time, I just think once or twice a day is better. But yeah, if you having a serious condition, a serious burn, and you need to put tons of lavender on it, 10, four times a day, whatever, I say that that's fine. It's just a matter of whether or not there's a very serious condition or if it's just like everyday maintenance, that sort of thing. So I don't think topically, as long as you're diluting it, uh, I think you're okay. And especially if the condition's serious. Yeah. Does your tendonitis go away from using essential oils? It did. So I think there's, again, that's a multiple, multiple, you know, things were happening. I was taking a physio. Uh, mm-hmm. as well as work using the essential oil. But the pain, to me, the pain of not being able to remove my wrist, the, the stiffness, coupling it with physio, it just uh, like really like soothed it. It reduced the pain over time. 
And so that's why, you know, like I, I love essential oils. I love talking about teaching that. I don't think that's the only thing we should do often to take care of our health. I still think we need to eat well if we want to kick our metabolism up. I still think we need to exercise, like all of those things. But I think they're a great supplement to really aid in the overall process. So it did, it did help. Super cool. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I would just encourage people to whatever it is, whether it's pain relief, whether it's you know, looking for more natural solutions for cleaning, whatever, just start small, you know, start with a couple ones that you're going to actually like use, learn about, and then go from there. Like I've been using oils three or four years and I didn't overhaul everything in a day that comes with any healthy habit, right? Just starting small is where, where you want to, where you want to go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Priyana. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released. 